0: Welcome to Book Club, um, Afikra Book Club. This time around, we have Sahar Mustafa, author of The Beauty of Your Face, who's here to talk to us today. I think we can go ahead and dive right in. Uh, Sahar, I am so honored and so happy to have you here on Book Club. I absolutely loved your book. Um, And let me tell everybody a little bit about you and your amazing accomplishments. So Sahar is the daughter of immigrants Uh, Sahar Mustafa explores her Palestinian heritage in her writing. She earned her MFA in fiction from Columbia College, where she was a, a Follett graduate scholar. Mustafa is a Willow Books grand prize winner for Code of the West, which was named one of the 25 writers to watch by the Guild Literary Complex of Chicago, and is a member of Voices Protest and Radius of Arab American Writers. Her debut novel, The Beauty of Your Face, was named um, a notable by the New York Times Book Review and a finalist for the 2021 Palestine Book Award. It was long listed for the Center for Fiction First Novel Award and chosen for Los Angeles Times United We Read. Sahar also writes and teaches outside of Chicago. Hi, thank you. I appreciate
1: that. Um, yes, I mean, I'm so happy to be here. Um, you know, we were just talking earlier. I, d- I did want to just pause for a second um, just for a land acknowledgement. So, you know, I'm, I'm in Illinois, I'm in a suburb about 25 miles outside of Chicago. So, um, I just wanted to honor um, the, the original stewards of the land, and that is the uh, Potawatomi tribes, uh, among others. Uh, Today's Indigenous Peoples Day. So, so that makes it even, even more special. I
0: appreciate it. Hopefully. Oh, All right, Sahar. So before I was kind of, um, or right after I read this book, I wanted to kind of watch and listen to you talk about it. And to begin at the beginning, I understood that the genesis of this book was very much inspired by a certain events in the U S and you had a certain, um, goal in mind, uh, By the end of this book and i was thinking about the book cover which you see on on the screen here and there are two versions of this i think um but in both cases it was similar it was this illustration um graphic illustration of a woman with a hijab um and it got me thinking about whether or not this book cover helped you achieve what you wanted to achieve Mm. and did it did you do you think the right people picked up the book um, looking at this book cover. What do you think?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. Um, so I'm I'm thinking this the other version might be the British version. Is it the blue version where it is very distinctly a hijab? So that has been uh, really amazing to see when it moves from publisher to publisher. So, for example, um, uh, the the British publisher was very clear this was going to be a woman who um, is hijabi, right? Uh, when it went to the Italian publisher, it was. This very ambiguous cover, um, and these people, uh, you can't really tell um, even you know what what their ethnic background is. Uh, so I'm curious to see what's going to happen in Turkey, which has also picked it up, and then um, in in the in Dubai, so in the Arab world. So so we'll see. With the American, so with the first publisher, with Norton, um, it was just the image of. Ah, uh, just a silhouette of a woman, which you could make out in this mm. profile, and and I have to say, it it didn't quite convey. I think what what um, I I had um, initially imagined. I didn't want it to be, you know, so Muslim looking, you know, and not that that is, uh, you know, um, a terrible thing because obviously this is about you know representation. I did want it to be beautiful, and I feel like. Um, this one did both of those things. So you know that you are probably going to engage um, with this community, but just the colors and the sort of fading out of the hijab. And I, and I have to say, Yasmin, I don't know that everybody sees a hijab when they first picked this up, because, uh, Mm. you know, I, I also thought is, is that going to be, will that produce the, the, the effect of, well, I don't want to pick it up then, which of course then goes against, you know, know, what was one of my, um, intentions, you know, to go with a, a pretty big publisher, you know? Um, so ultimately I loved, um, what, what, uh, you know the final the final draft was the color palette uh, was different from the first. I think this is so vibrant. I think um, people don't forget it. And you know, uh, mm. I, I've had um, you know just just wonderful um, messages you know about it. Comments. There was one person on Instagram humorously did her makeup palette in these colors. So, so oh, wow. It's like, yeah, That's it's, pretty it, cool. It's, it's been on, you know, a journey, you know, on its own. Um, so, yeah, I, I would it have must to say, ultimately, I was, I was pleased.
0: Okay. It must be so exciting to kind of wait and see how each publisher is going to to take their own twist on it. Yeah. And nerve wracking too. You know, I was, I was lucky because, you know, I could, I
1: could come back to them and say, well, you know, quite frankly, that profile feels maybe more, um, white, you know, Caucasian. So it wasn't quite, you know, there for me and I didn't want it to be that ambiguous, you know? So
0: yeah, overall, um, I, w- I was pretty pleased. I'm glad. Uh, I really like the cover. I like the colors, as you said, and you're right that you can't distinguish, um, the hijab profile from the side, especially how abstract it is. But once you start reading, you realize, you know, I actually don't know at which point I realized it was. Um, Oh, okay. That's really interesting. I don't remember when it clicked for me. I don't remember, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad we get to see like different versions that will come out. And, um, I think uh, as a I, I so I'm also a writer I, I write poetry, and I always imagine at the very end that if I was to let this out in the world um and somebody to take this uh piece of writing, would I want them to get my message like a distinct message, or would I want them to to see it the way they want to see it or to have their own different perspective or to take away whatever it is that they take away. So I wanted to ask you how you are not only about this book, but in general with your short stories and maybe with your future writing projects, do you usually have that thing in mind or do you just put it out there and see what they think? You
1: know, I have to say, if I was always operating from theme, mean I think that would be, um, kind of a hindrance to my, my creativity. So I, I, I'm definitely, you know, I, I, I feel this responsibility of representation and I think it's also a privilege. So what I put out in the world, um, is basically what I would love to read and, and, you know, stories mm-hmm. that I did not have, you know, when, when I was a young adult into, you know, adulthood, I was not, um, Uh, you know, really aware of too many Arab American authors until uh, Mm post-college, unfortunately. So my exposure came because of becoming a writer. And I would say that my first um, encounter uh, with an amazing author who made me feel like there was a space for our stories, Palestinian-American, is Naomi Shihab Nye. And I had the privilege of meeting her. And can I tell you, Yasmeen, my goodness... She basically connected me with my um, Arab American community, and that would be uh, via Radius of Arab American Writers, which continues to exist. I actually served on their board for many years. That's amazing. And so when I met her, and actually it was at an English teacher conference, a national <laughs> conference, yeah, and I was just like, I was like a groupie, like, you know, the way you <laughs> feel like about a rock star. And I, I remember just squeezing the arm of my one of my teacher friends, and I said, oh my God, I think that's Naomi. She have nine. So, you know, we, we rushed to her and, um, when I got to see her again, she gave me information about where I could submit my work and who I can, um, connect with. And it was just so I'm, I'm forever indebted, you know, um, I'll, I'll, that's I'll, amazing. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and so but this idea of, you know, what are the themes? What do I want readers to come away with? I actually am, I'm forced to think about those things because of the publisher. Mm -hmm. So when they are packaging this, they very much want to know, you know, how can we, um, you know, market it, especially when they're thinking about like book uh, club discussion questions and things like that. (laughs) Like this one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, and you know, that's good. Uh, You know, no, you know, I I think all of that is important, but I don't think about that immediately because again, I just think, um, if, if I'm writing to themes, I I don't think for me personally, I think that's going to interfere with authenticity. I think it's going to create these critics and then I'm, I'm going to be worried about then censoring and worrying about, (coughs) well, does this fit into this particular theme? Um, what I'll tell you this, what I'm mostly concerned with is, uh, am I inflating stereotypes? So that's my, that's probably my number one thing. And I'm Mm -hmm. lucky because I have great writing partners, um, Mm -hmm. and who, you know, are kind of sensitivity, um, readers for each other. One in particular is Susan Moadi Daraj, who I just adore. And she's an amazing, um, Palestinian. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, we're careful about what are we putting out in the world that again is just sort of, uh, perpetuating, uh, those stereotypes. Uh, but in terms of theme, I, I think, um, that that is inevitable, but I don't start there. So, you know, with, with these stories, it's, um, I, I just, I I haven't seen
0: them. I haven't read them, you know, um, speaking of stereotypes, one thing that stayed with me after, um, or maybe it it took, like, I was kind of, it it stood out to me that you kind of chose to twist the typical, um, amazing, like, Arab mom that is, Mm. goes through everything, kind of, um, holds the family together, um, you know, is more patient than she should, and then the typical, um, dad that's very toxic and masculine and macho and not at all sensitive and has nothing to do with raising the kids and you just completely took these roles and you're like uh <laughs> yeah. uh uh-uh, not in this story it's going to be <laughs> the other way around uh, which, i wonder uh, yeah, did you do that sorry, on purpose? Ahead, me- did you do um, that on purpose were you conscious that you were doing this kind of reverse stereotype thing um so i I imagined these characters
1: um, pretty naturally yes me mm-hmm. but I also knew that um, what when, when they started to um, sort of materialize I knew okay so'm I'm, I'm about to go on this journey so you know here here we go and so I was very very aware of um, how I was fleshing them out um, I, and I have to admit I'm sure that on some you know subconscious or not I knew that That I was battling against those stereotypes and I am and you know writing Baba for example was just so Mm. amazing you know when people ask me who's my favorite character I'd probably say it's him uh when they ask me who's who's the most challenging they think it's the shooter and it's not it's mama Mm. it's mama Mm. you know and um I know that she's difficult you know for some readers um for some of our communities but um I think ultimately I hope I, I've written her with compassion. So, you know, she's not, you know, um, this villain. She's someone very much who's suffering from mental health um, issues, which I'm very much uh, interested in and in exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know, as as you mentioned, uh, just, just those, um, you know, stories of the toxic, you know, uh, dark, uh, you know, swarthy, you know, Arab males uh, and that toxic uh, patriarchal, yeah you know, relationship with daughters. And Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you that it was um, enjoyable to push back, you know, against that. And the thing with Baba is um, if folks have not read it, you know, he's flawed, which is even more interesting to me and what I pursue. So these are still, uh, you know, he could easily then have become another, maybe kind of two dimensional character, but I also um, am very tender, you know, with my characters. Um, I want to, give them nuance, you know, uh, and, and, and I hope I achieve that.
0: I think most of the characters were complex. I didn't see anybody in in the light of like, even the protagonist in all moments of her time, like being perfect or being horrible. They're all like dynamic and human, just like us. Um, and I think you did a good job in showing that for everyone. Um, or like the main, the main kind of, um, characters. But oh, when so you were you were you at all afraid um cuz you you seem to be very like you you talked about responsibility and all of that. Were you at all afraid of pushing boundaries within your own community not from not in the general community like in the global community mm-hmm. which this book is obviously took that bigger platform. It's not just for the Arab community or Muslim community in America. Um were you at all afraid of things going wrong within your own community? And I wonder what went on in your head um, in, in that kind of area? Um, a great question. Uh,
1: so I wanted to acquire an agent because I wanted this to be in, in the greater, you know, mainstream. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I I was definitely concerned about the, um, immediate, um, reception, you know, um, by my Arab and Muslim community. In fact, I'll I'll be honest, uh, Yasmin, I was very nervous and I thought, um, is this going to be a book that, um, They're they're going to embrace in this, you know, again, experiment of expanding the narrative, you know, around uh, our communities, Uh, because I I, again, I avoided the very um, what, you know, very super pious and, you know, Mm. infallible Muslim You know woman um you know i i I think i i managed to avoid that and maybe even dismantle that because we we know that at one point she basically has to um you know uh face off against a community that's trying to keep her silent about abuse that's going on and that's again that uh, that um, complexity that nuance that i'm trying to add uh in addition to of course you know, constantly raising the stakes, you know, from chapter to chapter. Yeah. So that's also the writer in me. I'm like, okay, we, we need to keep pushing Afaf, up, up, right? And keep pushing, you know, um, her to her limits. But I know that th- this is also realistic, you know, because we are so mired um, in these vile, you know, um, and, and, and just awful vitriol around their communities. And I'm like, okay, and let me just add this, you know, that makes it seem like, you know, kind of like this honor, you know, abuse and all that. Um, but, but I have to say, um, I, I, I knew that, um, her very authentic challenging, uh, would ring true, you know, to, to my readers. Mm-hmm. And it didn't at all dismantle the love that she had for this community of women who embrace her. And if if anything, I think uh, what I've done here is, you know, represented Muslim women in I think the most amazing way. This is the first time she feels any sense of belonging, you know, yeah. at this point um, in the book. And to me, that also feels very feminist, you know, if I'm if I'm going to, you know, uh, begin to, you know, give this sure. uh, a scholarly uh, critical lens. Um, So, yeah, I I guess, you know, what what confirmed for me that I think I I, I might have, um, you know, done a pretty decent job is when uh, readers would reach out and say, Finally, and thank you for for basically getting it right is what one reader said, and and mm. I still get goosebumps. Yes, mean I'm like, and so what does that mean? Getting it right? Well, because you know maybe for a long time it's been told wrong, you know whatever that means. I think we need to have uh, certainly
0: uh, various narratives, but I think this has been pretty unique. Do you, would you have cared if people were like at the end? Mm-mm, I didn't like FF, your main um, character. Or would you not have cared? You know what uh
1: I'd be interested in, you know, what, uh, why that reaction, you know, emerged in the same way that I was so interested in. um, I, when the pandemic hit, um, it was wonderful because I started connecting via Zoom, you know, with book clubs. Uh, A few of them, their first book was mine, which is amazing. You know, so I would get to come on. There was one um, book club, Yasmin, uh, from the East Coast. And this was, I think they were largely a Dominican American family. They were women and they were multi-generation, but the older generation could not forgive Muntaha, the mom. They were just, we not having it. Mm. So the younger one, were are like, wait a second, mom, grandma, like, let's take a step back, you know, let's look at her life. And I just thought, wow, that's really yeah. incredible because I knew that she would basically, um, strike a nerve or she would be maybe an entirely new character. So, um, I, 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 I think, um, I'd like to have maybe have the conversation, but I really, I wasn't concerned. And yeah. you know, of course, you know, that that's easy to say now when so many people have loved off that, you know, that some have told me, she, you know, I became so close to her. I didn't want this book to end, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't mind being challenged, you know, because I, yeah. I, I do want to make sure that it's not because again, I've added, Um, to those um, narratives that have also been controlled by white writers, you know, and white media. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, I think I heard you talk about um, Adichie's single story um, in a previous talk. And I was really excited to hear you talk about that because when I was reading, um, when I was reading this novel, your novel, I imagined, you know, those Russian dolls that keep opening up and more and more come out. I imagined the chapters like that, where I came to a point where I was like, oh, let's see what's gonna come now. Like <laughs> every chapter was like this whole new world. Whether it's not only the time frame and the time loops, it's all it's um the characters themselves and what they go through and how they change. And it's it just shows you how circumstances and all of that impact. So I guess I, I I saw that a little bit as your um, your your talent in telling also short stories come in, and I think you mentioned that once. But I feel that you, and I want you to to, to answer this question that I was wondering: Did you feel that like you had to write every type of um, character that, repre- that represents the Arab American community? And is that why you felt like you needed to create different spaces and avenues to be able to do that? And you you kind of did that even within the same characters, but just Mm -hmm. by showing how complex they are. Did you feel that you covered enough? Did you want to represent more people, like type of people that you have in mind? I don't know. Yeah. Did you you even think about this? Yeah. You know,
1: um, I was definitely thinking about representation, but not at... um, the expense of good storytelling. So I, mm. I, I really, um, I'm, I'm not going to introduce um, characters um, just to check off the boxes, right? And mm. I think this is related to what I was saying about not writing to theme. I will say that when, when I think about maybe two major um, parts or components of the book, I wanted to create a character like Neda, who very much is an absence, but then that absence sort right. of becomes a character, you know, a presence um, uh, unto itself. Mm. For me, she really represented, um, you know, what, what what I call the field experiment of assimilation. Mm. I definitely wanted that representation and... Because that's what we lived. So I'm. I very much remember those stories of girls basically running away. In fact, my my own older sister Hala, um, her one of her best friends. You know, she just showed up uh, in this. Uh, you know, is in the early '80s. Showed up on our doorstep just sobbing because her sister had had basically run off and and she never mm-hmm. came back, as far, mm-hmm. as far as I know. And I, I just um, that that. Um, it sort of haunts me, you know? Yeah. And so I definitely wanted to give space to Neda's story. But the sort of on the, on the other side is Athaf, who she, she, it doesn't fit in anywhere really. So even the, even if she wanted to be accepted by, you know, white community, they were just not going to, you know, give her that space. And then she was even rejected by some of her Arab community members. Um, and so, and then the other, the other, um, community would be the, 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 um, circle of women for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, wanted, I love that. Yeah. And I wanted A to community yeah i wanted to produce the character of Kokeb. she's probably another of my favorite i'm like you know that beautiful friend because you know uh w- w- if we're going to talk about themes you know i think about how people have described this book and i think about how it's it's also about friendship and how friends can save us you know and 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 i have to say it was just so lovely to write someone like gokeb you know uh between her and baba you know they, they are the ones who you know kind of lead her path um, to Islam. And it made me think, this is what good friends do, you know, especially when it feels like um, other people m- might've abandoned us even in our immediate families, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. Family I comes guess. in all s- shapes
0: and sizes. Yeah.
1: And- yeah. And especially because when we look at Majid, who is another wonderful character, in fact, Yasmeen, when people are like, are you like afaf I'm like, no, I said, I'm more like Majid. I was the straight arrow. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> followed the rules. You know, I was, you know, teachers love me. Um, and, and, and I just, I think, um, Maybe I was doing it (laughs) again on some, uh, you know, subconscious level, but um, definitely not in the forefront. But when I saw what was happening, again, I just wanted to make sure that those renderings were authentic, as authentic as I can, based
0: on my lived experiences and imagination. Yeah, Yeah, but CalCab came also at a later time in the novel, and that goes back to the whole Russian doll um, kind (laughs) of metaphor that you just kept, like, you kept us on the edge with surprises and important people and important events that will continue to happen as the book like progresses. Like it didn't end or like, yeah, I I just want, I just wanted to like say that even. Oh, I appreciate that. Like you always kept it coming with new things. Um, But I I think you mentioned um, Majid or no, you mentioned about yourself not being FF. Mm -hmm. And I think I heard you say this more than once uh, about this, not being an like autobiographical uh, biographic novel. Um, but one similarity that you, you pass down to your trait is the teaching profession. Mm -hmm. So you're a teacher. Yes. And, um, and from that, I think, I think it was, you meant to give it to her as like kind of a beautiful thing, Mm -hmm. um, to do because you obviously love teaching and you love your students and you love what you do. Um, so I guess what I wanted to kind of figure out with the whole teaching thing, um, is, why did you choose to make her a teacher and why was it related to the whole community building? Was it how, what teachers, um, and her future, her, what she progresses to do as going back to the community, going back to that circle of women, was that it? So
1: thank you for saying that about teaching. Um, you know, I, I, I tell my students that um, you can cultivate more than one life, and for me, my first life was teaching. You know, I think I'd always been a writer, but not professionally, um, um, except you know uh, into adulthood, and, and I'd been teaching for like maybe five to eight years at that point before I I started to think of myself as as a writer um, who could publish. You know. I think it was a few things. So my experience was so unlike AFs. I had teachers who advocated for me. There was maybe one teacher um, with whom I had a horrible experience, uh, but otherwise they were they were constantly pushing me forward. I think you know having AF become a teacher is her way of making sure that all students were seen because, you know, we see it as early as when she's 10 years old, when, when Neda disappears, yeah. you know, teachers only started looking at her again because of the spectacle of, of a sister disappearing. Right. And then later mm. on, Oh my goodness. Um, that chapter, when she becomes a teenager, which can I tell you, that was probably the most challenging chapter for me and section to write her, her teacher's, You know, she was just invisible, you know, and if she wasn't, um, she was getting in trouble. And even then, you know, um, they were not really seeing her um, as as this human being and also someone who probably, you know, uh, needed help, but not the kind of artificial, you know, that's based on all these horrible stereotypes that they have of her family, you know, members. Um, So I think I I, yeah, um, I, I wanted to have her pursue something that would allow her you know to change um somebody else's experience which is why I also have a few arab students in our class you know and she just feels a special you know um connection to them um and and I think yeah i just think you know teaching just in general is such um a noble profession i mean we we use that but i, th- yeah. I don't think that that's a cliche and i just think that uh you know it also relates to um school shootings, you know? And so there's that, okay, I knew that uh, my shooter was going to enter school, which is where, you know, this is supposed to be a safe place. This is bo- supposed to be a place where we broaden the minds of young people. It's also a place where we're supposed to protect them. And um, I, of course, I'm, I'm I'm sort of challenging that, you know, in, in the worst ways. And so uh, being able to write about that so so the, the framing, which is the white shooter who, who enters the building, that also is informed by the crisis drills that I've had to do, the active shooter drills that I had to be a mm. part of. Uh, but the difference is, mean is that we were planning, um, you know, for, I think typically we think of like a young person bringing a gun to school, someone who has been, who's on the brink, right? Who's been yeah. marginalized. But then of course, you know, we don't, we don't um, dismiss that it could be an adult. But this is motivated by hate. This is motivated, you know, by um, fear, right? And Mm. to me, that was very unique, which is, of course, connected to why I wrote it To begin with, which is because of you know the hate killings of Yusor Abu Salha, and so there's the distinction. Yeah, Yeah. I get it. Yeah, like the mental
0: illness versus you know just like oh yes, which of course is
1: incredibly. I think when when it is, uh, I I was so glad because when they finally called it um, and indicted um, the the killer of those young uh, Muslim um, people in in North Carolina, I you know I think we all felt vindicated you know, that it wasn't Mm. going to be written off as someone with with mental health issues. But I also um, appreciate um, not treating the shooter in my book as a monster because that's also very dismissive. You know, we need to look at how do we become radicalized in this country?
0: Yeah. As a reader, I felt that you wrote all the characters in a way without you trying to tell me you have to like them or you have to hate them. Mm. It was just like, this is who they are. That's, oh, that's how so I, I took to it away. That. So that's why I asked you if you cared if Hafaf was liked or if like yeah. ne, or other people were liked, like was Nedas or, and what you said about Monteha too. So I guess yeah. you'd have people at both the, both both sides of the spectrum.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think um, this, you know, when, when people talk about unlikable characters, I think it's kind of an interesting argument. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I don't. I'm. I'm interested in complexity. You know. I'm interested in uh, human beings making terrible choices. Um, I'm interested mm. in human beings triumphing. You know, when when they've been struggling. Mm. Um, so how how about this? Yasmeen? I've also been thinking about empathy a little bit differently too, because you know it, it's so wonderful and easy to package this book as. Oh, this is going to p- make people empathetic. You know, to the. Muslim Arab American experience in this country. When I think, you know what, I don't, I, I, I don't know that you need to try to walk in my shoes, which is how we usually will frame this idea of empathy. Mm. How about you just hold space for me in my
0: experiences?
1: How about how about you know you just read about this, think about, you know, um, you know, where I'm coming from, maybe how um things in in your immediate community, in your I state, love that. in your country have contributed you know to to the to the issues that someone like Afaf has had to face and combat i i think i think that that that's where i i kind of stand so if you felt super close to afaf i tell you that makes me so happy it warms my heart but if you liked her or not i guess i'm going to say i'm going to put that concern down. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that, that even um, challenges us as human beings. I think I'm, I'm more about, if you felt uncomfortable, let's look at that. Let, let's sit in that discomfort. You know, this is what I tell my students, you know, yeah. uh, uh, we, we need to have maybe these kinds of conversations um, so, so that we can, so that we can grow and then possibly change. You know, um, I, I, I don't know if you saw that interview about Sahar Mustafa, you know, hates (laughs) happy endings or something. In fact, I think they had to change it because it just sounded so awful. But I said, well, here's the thing. It's, you know, I don't, I don't (laughs) like the, yeah, the, the endings that, you know, are, you know, a pretty, you know, a pink wrapped bow kind of thing. What I'm about is the possibility of change. That's always been, you know, what, what I hope for without thinking too much again about, you know, theme, um, I, I like to end in a way that feels realistic and and I and yeah. I also hope I accomplish that you know with Afaf, I'm not yeah. here to, you know, to to solve problems. You know, that I don't think is the is the burden of the writer, but I think um the artist, the writer, you know, we we turn to them to to ask questions, to engage,
0: you know, um in 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 our problems. Yeah. And I like, as, um, this is not related to the book, by the way, this next uh, thing I wanted to talk to you about, or maybe it is more related to you as a writer. Um, and this might be interesting for other writers and you, you tell your students that you can pursue more than one Avenue, Mm -hmm. but how do you have, not only how do you have the time? Like, how do you, how do you balance these two things? Like being a teacher whom you said does all these things in the community, um, And they are the superstars of the community and writing and doing these interviews and book clubs in the evenings and mornings of your weekends. How do you balance all that?
1: Uh, You know, I think I'm so passionate Yes, I mean, you know, I'm going to make time. In fact, I feel like I'm more disciplined during the school year. I've been experiencing the last few summers. I get so excited for summertime, and then I'm not as productive. And I think, well, you know, maybe I don't need to be. So maybe I do need to just kind of be, uh, read, you know, write, write, you know, when it's coming to me. But um, I -hmm. also know um, how privileged I am, quite frankly. So, you know, being being a Palestinian-American writer, I know that – I, I'm I'm sitting basically in a place that you know I'm not losing electricity. I don't have you know bombs overhead, um, and 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 I'm and I'm going to take advantage of that you know. So I've been thinking a lot about that a lot more too. As um, I continue to write and put books out into the world, um, it's it's definitely work. Sometimes hard work, um, but it's not a chore. You know. So so this is just my natural. What's not a chore? The writing or the teaching? The the writing. The writing. Okay. The writing. It's it's the uh, outlet. Oh yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, teaching is going to economically sustain me. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, books have been great, but you know, economically, I could turn towards writing now, and um, that's another thing I feel pretty fortunate
0: um, about.
1: Yeah. Would you?
0: Would I? would you at one day decide you're going to fully focus on just producing more and more writings and books? You know,
1: um, I I would love to, I think I would still have to teach though in some capacity. So I know Mm. there are writers who do it full time, but I would say, uh, you know, if I could also still engage in um, creative writing um, in Mm. a youth setting, I would love that. So to be able to, you know, facilitate young writing experiences, that would be awesome, which, that then, would be you know, awesome. Move, yeah, it would move away from, you know, kind of the strict, you know, academic curricular things that I'm responsible for now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't feel like I don't have time. So I don't ever feel like, oh, if, you know, I just wasn't teaching... Because like I said, I mean, I, I look at, you know, I gauge my summertime productivity. I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm doing well. You know, I just think uh, I would love to resign and retire um, just to uh, be done with schedules and deadline, you know what I mean? And, and grading and things like that, which you know, the to me, stuff, those yeah. are the chores. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, you know, I also wake up very early. So I'm up at like four, 4.30 because that's when I'm most I think, um, you know, alert and and creative. Um Mm. and to me, you know, if 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 I want to um, you know, devote myself to this, then I'm gonna do what I need to do. And were you always a learning person? uh, say that again. Were you always a morning person? Or yes. this Okay. Yeah. And, I, and I continued. I mean, I'll work, you know, maybe late afternoon and night, but that's only maybe to research, to revise. And I was going to say, I'm also, I don't have young children, so I have two adult daughters. So that mm-hmm. also, you know, has, has made it easy, you know, for me to just uh, get into my loft and write, you know, whenever um, I can and want to. Yeah. What are you working on now? You want to so, tell us? Yeah. <laughs> You know what? All I'll say is that um, it's it's hopefully going to be a novel. Um, and I'm also working on a short story collection. Uh, and and that one, because it feels a little bit more defined, is actually um, inspired by Tatriz. So the, you know, Palestinian oh. embroidery. Um, during the pandemic, um, I got to meet uh, virtually Wafa Ernem, who is the Tatriz NT um, creator. On Instagram? Uh, she's she's wonderful. Um, And so Mm -hmm. on Zoom, I returned to just minor, simple kind of the threes patterns. And I loved it because I felt like, my brain was scrambled like during the pandemic. And so I was able to continue to listen to stories audible, but then my my I, I could keep active. My hands, you know, Oh, you, my, you actually learned so yes. oh, yes. that's amazing. Yeah. And I actually did it overseas when I was at Friends Girls School. Um, that was like an art class. So I was doing it there too. So I, I kind of returned to it. But then I started um she she had this wonderful cohort. So we we spent um So many months for uh, in a particular, a larger scale design, but we weren't just, you know, actually the emphasis was on lectures. So she would basically, she shared with us the origins of each of these patterns and motifs Mm. and Yes, me and I was blown away. What they away. symbolize. Oh, my that. goodness. It was so gorgeous that, of course, as I'm listening to her, I'm taking notes. Um, and that's me, the nerd, because everybody else is just like, while she's talking. And I'm just like, I, just, I, I was just so, um, you know, and and in trance. Trance. And so what, of course, ends up happening in my brain is I think about these motifs and then I start seeing characters or I start seeing places oh, and then okay. it took off. So each cool. one of these short stories is inspired by a particular motif or pattern and it spans pre that's interesting. um, Yeah. Pre mandate, uh, Palestine to the, to the present and also Palestine and into the, into the diaspora. So
0: it, it begins, like early 1900s Actually, and then it ends today. I don't even think today. it's going to be
1: chronological. I think it's oh, going to okay. jump around even. I don't okay. think it needs to be chronological. That's so exciting. It's yeah, going to be historical. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And so I've got a few stories already going. In fact, two have already been published um, or are forthcoming. So um, I'm,
0: you Can you, you know, tell us that... where we can read them?
1: Oh, yes. Um, the the first one is called um, The Peacock. And that one is on the Merkez.org. Uh M-A-R-K. AZ and, and and please um those of you who are joining please support the Marquez uh, they're just like Atikra. they are devoted um you know to expanding exposure of Arab writers and artists nice um very wonderful I um I'm just so indebted you know they, they took the story and that one is actually based on um, a sex worker in naallah uh, where I do <laughs> interesting, so. but but it, it, you know, it's it, it is it stems yeah. from uh, this motif. The other one is forthcoming, that one is actually in an American literary journal. But all this, of course, will go on my website, you know, once these things, yeah. but uh, the Marquez is already that's exciting.
0: Website. That's an exciting new Thank project. You. I'm really yeah. looking
1: forward to reading it. I appreciate that. So I hope that comes to be soon. Um, but, uh, you know, there's this pressure to write a novel so that, that, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, i I have, um, like I said, you know, something in the works, but boy, I tell you, it's just so much more natural for me to write short stories. And for some people it's harder, but for me, mm-hmm. the compression of story
0: just, um, is manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. That's very exciting, Sahar. I'm excited to Thank read it. Thank you. I'm um, excited too. I want us to move to the Q and A. But bef- before I do, just like one last question, because your your new project is, is somewhat historical. I wonder if you read um, Saad Amri's uh, Mother of Strangers. I mean this
1: book that I was going to okay, but guess what? I literally just got it from bookshop.org. Okay.
0: Okay. So I'm so excited. So um Okay. Yes. It's a historical. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're gonna like it. Oh, she's coming on the um she's coming on the book club. So that should be also wonderful. Is that soon? Yeah, that's very soon. Okay. So I'll be looking for it. Um I, I yeah, I wanna uh this is my next uh in my queue. So
1: awesome very excited about
0: that. Okay. So let's do the Q and a before we log off for today. Um, Oh, so you already answered this one. (laughs) What are you reading right now? (laughs) It's up ahead in the queue. Um, okay. Let's see what other things we have in store for you. Um, if you could shadow someone for a day past or present, maybe as part of the research for your next book, who would, who would it be? Who would you shadow? That's a really great question. Um, you know
1: what? Uh, I know that she might not be um, as maybe active in classrooms anymore. But I'm, I think yeah. I think I would probably say, Naomi, she have nigh, because she to me is like the consummate educator because she takes her art right into the classroom, you know, and I know that, you know, she has, uh, been, you know, a visiting writer and teacher. And I think I would just love to see how students and young people connect to her. Uh, mm. I think, um, she'd be pretty fascinating. Uh, you know, just, just off, you know, the, 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 the top of my, my head, that's a good one. I feel like, you know, I'm going to think later on and be like, Oh, I should have told you, just me mm. that, but in my heart- <laughs> He's the one who I guess the first person comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, I think because again, being an educator, um, and I, you know, she she possesses such a, an amazing grace. So she writes about Palestine, um, mm-hmm. and and you want to engage her, which I think is also so necessary. But I also think of someone like. Um, Susan Abulhawa, Hawa, you know, who mm-hmm. recently wrote, you know, Against the Loveless World, who was completely unapologetic about writing about Palestine. And she would be, of course, someone else um, I would also recommend. And so I think um, there's just so many wonderful representatives, Palestinians, Palestinian-Americans, yeah. you know. And you're one of them.
0: Oh, us. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, okay, here's the next one, Sahar. Uh, what do most people misunderstand about your work?
1: You know, um, speaking about being Palestinian, I've had this interesting comment come up a few times, um, and this is uh, th- from both you know Arab Muslim and then you know non Arab Muslim, typically white audiences. Oh, I thought this was going to be a book about Palestine. I thought this was oh. a Palestinian book, and I'm just like, oh, I, I don't know what that. Where'd means. you get that idea? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and I and I have to say, so so I was very heartened in that my publisher did say Palestinian American story of, you know, blah, mm. blah, blah. So that made me happy because I, you know, I very much want to celebrate um, and acknowledge, you know, um, that, that particular identity. But I think that's problematic because to me, that feels like it speaks to this. You're either this or that, or yeah. here's what I'm expecting because you called it Palestinian. So already I'm like, well, good. So I've dispelled that narrative then. Right. It might, it might be exclusive also. Yeah. Yeah. Be exclusive
0: to a certain group.
1: It just, it bothers me because again, you know, it's just, um, I feel like then there's more work to be done, you know, with that sort of maybe, um, dismantling. Um, so I would say that that's probably maybe the greatest misunderstanding because otherwise I would say, yes, mean really quickly that it was more, um, educational. And I, I don't always like to be like, well, you know, you're going to learn this by the time you finish the story. You know, we don't want it to be pedantic, but a lot of uh, messages are about, I, I had no idea. I never knew, especially when we get to the nine 11 chapter, just what it felt like to be uh, visibly Muslim. And that, that feels good, you know? So it was more or less like um, uh, elucidating, or trying to yeah. get as close as possible, because of course you could never um, you know, a hundred percent understand somebody else's lived
0: experience, right? Yeah. Like you said, it's that kind of space that you were talking about, just that space for those perspectives. Okay. Um, so I I wonder if I can just move over and give somebody else a chance to um ask a question. Cause I could keep going with questions, but I wonder if anybody else wants to ask Sahar. Um a question from the audience while you have the chance. Okay, so Hashima says this was wonderful and thank you. Um, no questions there. Thank okay. you, Hashima. Nice to, to
1: quote, see you in the space. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Really appreciate Mona. your
0: support. Thank you, Mona. Thank you, Mona. Thanks from Mona. And uh, just just to let everybody know um, that this will definitely go up in our Afikra library, on our podcast, uh, book club uh, series, on our YouTube. So you'll be able to share it with those who um, missed it or those who you think would uh, very much like it. All right. So Sahad, I think we can we can put a pin in this for now. We can wrap it up. We very much thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and chatting with us. Um, oh, I really
1: appreciate it. And thank and you to everyone um, who who tuned in. I really uh, am always so grateful, you know, for these spaces. This book continues its journey, you know, it and it has just absolutely humbled me and amazed me. And, and you know, Afikra, you are a part of that. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Sahar. Excited for your next project. Looking thank forward you. to it. Stay Hope you have tuned. a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Be safe. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to hafikida.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikida.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.